What does true wellness mean to you? I'm Claudia Cometa, and that is the question I will be leading with in the Minding Wellness podcast. Each and every week, I will bring you experts who will share their personal wellness journeys and their insights into what it means to mind our wellness. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. Let's dive into improving our state of being. This week on the Minding Wellness Podcast, I am truly so honored to bring on Chris Wark. He is a young adult cancer survivor, best-selling author, and patient advocate. Chris was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer in 2003 at just 26 years old. After surgery, Chris made the decision to go against his doctor's advice and opt out of chemotherapy. He used nutrition and natural therapies to heal. Six years later, in 2010, Chris began sharing his story of faith, courage, and determination and his message of hope that chronic diseases like cancer can be prevented and reversed with a radical transformation of diet and lifestyle. In that last decade, Chris became one of the most well-known cancer survivors on the planet and reaches millions of people per year as a blogger, podcaster, speaker, and global health coach through social media and his website, chrisbeatcancer.com. He's the author of the national bestseller, Chris Beat Cancer, a comprehensive plan for healing naturally and creator of the Square One Cancer Coaching Program. And his new book, which we highlight in this episode, is called Beat Cancer Daily, 365 Days of Inspiration, Encouragement, and Action Steps to Survive and Thrive. I've been following Chris for a while now, and it really is my honor and pleasure to bring him on to talk about his journey and his insights, and even highlighting the concept of surrender, which we bring up on this podcast quite a bit. I hope you enjoy and share with those you feel it would help. All right. I am so honored to bring on Chris Work from Chris Beat Cancer. I've been following his work for a while now and probably about the same time I've been doing patient advocacy work, which is about two to three years. And um, I read his first book, Chris Beat Cancer. I like that he keeps things super simple. So super easy to remember. Everything's Chris Beat Cancer. And um, I have been sharing that book with many a client and friend and family member. And now he is um, here to talk a little bit about his second book, which is Beat Cancer Daily also. Very simple, which I love. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super honored to have you. Well, I'm glad to be with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to to chat and tell my story and share it with your audience. Absolutely, really, the pleasure is online, and I'm so happy you're here. I always start all of my podcast episodes with the question, "What does true wellness mean to you?" And I'm curious as to your answer to that. Wow. Okay. Well, let's see. Um, That is a that's a that's a really big question that I'm gonna that I have to think about for a moment. Um, I think you don't really appreciate wellness until you've had a disease, <laughs> right? I mean, health is generally the absence of disease, um, but we take wellness for granted, and it's it's a great gift and a privilege and a blessing to be well. You know, to be born healthy is such a blessing and to um, not suffer any, uh, you know, uh, adversity in terms of our health growing up is a huge blessing. And then even in adulthood, right, to enjoy, quote unquote, good health, right, which is, 
no serious chronic disease or disability. And so, you know, one thing that cancer taught me was this profound appreciation uh, and sense of gratitude for health, right? For life <laughs> to be alive, but then also to have health, especially once I got my health back. And uh, that is really what has motivated me to do what I do, which is um, the, the powerful information that's out there, the knowledge that our health is largely up to us. Our wellness is something we have control over and our decisions uh, lead us down one of two paths, either down the path of wellness or down the path of disease. And it doesn't happen overnight, but it happens over time, gradually. And uh, it's very empowering because when I was diagnosed with cancer and most cancer patients are told the same thing, they're told by their doctor that there's nothing that they did, right? They say, well, how did I get sick? Why did I get cancer? What happened? What caused this? And doctors often say, we don't know what caused it, but it's maybe genetic or hereditary uh, or you may just be bad luck. And that kind of an answer uh, is, in my opinion, a borderline malpractice because they're withholding very, very valuable life-changing information, science, diet and lifestyle science from their patients by telling them there's nothing they did to contribute to their disease, uh, which is false. And it's also telling them, by the way, uh, there's nothing you can do to help yourself. You, you only, your only option is to show up for treatment. Uh, but that's not a, per, a patient's only option. Uh, people have healed uh, all types and stages of cancer against the odds. I've interviewed many of those people, dozens of people like that. Uh, I'm in that group of radical remission survivors, as my friend Dr. Kelly Turner puts it. And, um, and so what I decided to do as a patient advocate was to try to encourage and inspire uh, cancer patients, first of all, but then the general public at large to take control of their health, to realize that you're not a victim of disease, that your choices matter, your choices add up to health or disease. So what do we need to do, right? What are the, what are the choices we need to make on a daily basis that lead us down the right path? And that's sort of the, the basis of uh, the new book, Beat Cancer Daily. Is, is, it's a daily reader slash devotional, but each day is a, uh, a piece of wisdom or encouragement or a practical step or a tip uh, or a challenge to the way you're thinking or behaving or uh, treating others. And uh, there's an, all of those things matter. And, and, you know, the journey back to health or toward health is a daily journey. You can't just make a decision one day and then you're there. <laughs> you know, you have to stay the course. Yeah, that's where I really love this. I don't think I've ever seen quite a devotional slash sort of wellness. It's it's like all in one. And I don't know that I've seen anything quite like it. I, so I said so kind of tagging on to that sort of victimization that the medical system kind of plays a role in of the cancer patient and really patient of any, any illness. Um, day three kind of talks to that in this book. And I'll just read a little bit of that, which is 
titled Cancer is a Divine Tap on the Shoulder. And you say, in 2003, my body was trying to get my attention. And the message was, hey, the way you are living is killing you. I realized that I was that I alone was responsible for my life and health, no one else. And if I had inadvertently contributed to my illness, then I could also deliberately contribute to my wellness. And you certainly go on from there. But I think it's really important to point that out that, you know, like you have mentioned before in many of your interviews that we are told often that, um, you know, it was our genes, it was our genetic makeup. We were born with this and there was not much we could do, which then, like you mentioned, means there's not much we can do now on the road to recovery and health. So I love that you address that and then talk people through so many amazing mindset shifts in this. One of which I would like for you to maybe expand upon, and I've heard you talk about before, which is that cancer is not the problem, it's a problem. And although that word switch seems like it might be minor and insignificant, I think the meaning behind that switch is so much deeper and I don't know that that many people would at first go there so I think you know the diagnosis of cancer seems like the I'm sure to many who are dealing with that absolutely the problem but I, I love your take on that could you expand a little bit on that on that yeah absolutely well we tend to get focused on the tumor as the problem right you got this tumor it's cancerous how do we get rid of the tumor right and all the focus is on the tumor. Do we, do we poison it? Do we burn it? Do we cut it out? Do we do all three? Um, but the reality is, is the tumor is a symptom of disease, right? It's, it's a problem, but it's not the problem. The problem is much bigger, right? You have a systemic metabolic problem and uh, it really is rooted for the most part in your immune system, right? So if you have cancer, you don't just have a cancer problem, you have an immune system problem. You may also have a problem of toxemia, you may have some viral and bacterial overload or fungus, parasites. There can be a lot of things going on that are contributing, but to keep it very simple, your immune system is what keeps you well. And so the difference between a person with tumors and no tumors is their immune system. You have natural killer cells and T cells in your body that are designed to identify and eliminate cancer cells. That's their job. And so when, they're, when your immune system is strong and empowered and has enough tools and resources to work at optimal levels, then you remain cancer-free for, you know, an indefinite period of your life, right? But as those things, if your immune system begins to break down, either it's overloaded and it can't keep up with the demands you're putting on it, or it is suppressed in some way could be co-infections, could be stress, could be uh, nutritional deficiencies. Either one uh, leads you to a place of vulnerability where cancer can thrive in your body. So, um, you know, if you think about cancer, I mean, everyone thinks about cancer as this fight, right? Your immune system has to fight this disease and fight these rogue cells and kill these rogue cells. Uh, but nutrition is the ammunition to fight, right? That's the ammunition. So without nutrition, you're fighting with no weapons. Without your immune system, you're fighting with no army. And unfortunately, that's what happens to many patients after they're treated with multiple rounds of chemotherapy. Their immune system's wiped out. So their, their army, right? The one most important aspect of their physical body that they need to uh, eradicate rogue cells has just been wiped out. 
So, and they're nutrient deficient as well, right? So they don't have an army, they don't have any weapons, and now they're completely reliant on the medical system to save them. So it's a, it's a scary place to be, but the, the bigger message here is just focusing on getting rid of a tumor is not gonna lead typically to long-term health, right? Because the tumor is just a symptom of a much larger problem. So what that requires is radical life change. The, every person I know who's healed cancer and survived long-term using a holistic approach did the same things I did, which is they changed their whole life, right? They didn't just take a miracle cure or a magic bullet or some lotion or potion, right? They, they made massive life change in every way. They stopped, they decided to start thinking differently. They decided to look in the mirror and address their failures and flaws and faults and own them. They decided to take responsibility for their life and health. And taking responsibility may, means also not just saying, okay, this may be my fault, but also saying, uh, I need to take action to fix this, right? I need to work on this, I work toward a solution. So there's a, there's a page in the new book where I talk about uh, whose responsibility is it? And the gist of that is, if you have a problem, uh, it's your responsibility. And it doesn't matter who caused it, right? Because if it's your problem, you now have a responsibility to work to solve it, right? Or else the problem may never go away. And so, you know, again, it doesn't matter who caused the problem. It's your problem. Mm -hmm. So let's work to solve it. And, and um, you will never solve a problem until you figure out the causes. This is an important step. Uh, solving any problem. What is causing this? Like, why is my, why is water dripping on my head? Right? Why is it dripping on my head? Well, if you got water dripping on your head, you, you could put a bucket to catch the water, right? You could put a sheet over your head if you're in bed, right? Or maybe a, a rubber sheet, right? You, there's lots of things you can do that don't actually solve the problem, right? Well, the problem is there's either a plumbing leak or a roof leak, right? You got to get to the root cause. So the same, the same applies to cancer. And we know that 90% roughly of cancers are caused by diet, lifestyle, and environmental factors. Five to 10% are genetic. And so if 90% are caused by diet, lifestyle, and environment, that's mostly up to us, isn't it? I mean, that's empowering oh, wow, you can make different choices that can dramatically affect your outcome. And these are all simple choices. And that's really, I mean, the first book, Chris Beat Cancer, I tell my story and there's an expose, about a third of the books, an expose on the cancer industry. And then uh, the rest of it is my story and exactly what I did to get well. But the new book, Beat Cancer Daily, is really just me reinforcing and helping encourage a person that's on the healing journey, right? to make those simple choices each day that keep them on the healthy path. And again, it's not complicated stuff. The, the most beneficial, powerful, healthy things you can do for yourself, most of them cost you nothing. You just have to decide to do them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would like to point out, you know, that this goes beyond just fruits and vegetables because I, I think that there are some who anecdotally, it's amazing to hear these stories of people like you who have, 
beat cancer by not, you know, necessarily going down the traditional route. And then also there's the anecdotes of people who say, well, I, my friend had stage three cancer and ate more fruits and vegetables and did not survive. And so these anecdotes can pull us one way or another, but you, you know, I, I love the fact that this is a daily work because it's not just diet is huge. And you talk a lot about that in your first book, but you also talk about your mindset, your spirituality, your forgiveness of others, what you're holding on to and what's blocking some of your energy. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of beyond the dietary, although that's extremely important. And I, and I love the scientific detail with which you go into that in your first book. So certainly that's a great reference, um, but I love that you incorporate all of it into, into this one. So um, what are Thank some you. of those additional points? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the diet's huge. And just to touch on it, the plant-based diet is the most powerful anti-cancer diet. Fruits and vegetables contain all these amazing compounds that help your body strengthen your immune system, that directly target cancer cells, prevent cancer cells from spreading, prevent tumors from growing, cause uh, apoptosis, you know, cancer cell suicide. There are all these incredible compounds in food. And that's a huge part, right? That's a you have to deal with your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health, right? These are four different components. So the physical part can't be ignored. Got to do it. You know, eating hardcore fruits and vegetables. I eat mostly raw, tons of cruciferous vegetables, especially, uh, which are the most potent anti-cancer foods and berries and things like that. But beyond that, exercise. So the other physical component is moving your body because when you exercise, you are activating anti-cancer genes and you're turning off cancer promoting genes when you exercise you're increasing blood circulation you're moving your lymphatic system which increases detoxification you're sweating more detoxification happening so you got to do those things like those are non-negotiable things for the for your physical health but uh, a lot of people make the mistake and they just think it's i just do need to do this physical stuff physical therapy but um, beyond that, uh, there are mental and emotional and spiritual things that contribute to health or disease. And if you don't address those, you, you may not get well. Um, Dr. Kelly Turner's new book, Radical Hope, uh, she investigated basically that uh, a ton of cancers interviewed and surveyed a ton of holistic cancer survivors and, uh, and, and found these common threads. Well, seven of the 10 common factors that she found in her research were non-physical. They were mental, emotional, spiritual, and even social. So, you, you know, you can make the case that 70% of health has nothing to do with your physical choices. Mm. It's all mental, emotional, spiritual. So practically uh, the mental part is, um, it all starts with believing you can get well. Every person I know who's healed, including myself, believed they could get well. They rejected, if the doctor said you're dying, they, they refused to believe it. They rejected that prognosis, right? Which can also, we call, uh, in, in, in my circle, it's, a, it's called a medical hex, right? Or a curse, right? Someone tells you you're dying and it's, it's incredible, the power of belief. And when somebody internalizes that, uh, that he's, I'm dying going to die in three months. Well, they usually do like clockwork. 
but the patients that say like, no, I'm not <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you're not the boss of me. You're not in control of my life. I, I'm going to prove you wrong. I can get well. And so that's, that's where it has to start. And then once, if a patient believes they can get well, then from there, they, they take responsibility and they start changing their life or like one thing at a time. And so the mindset, the beat cancer mindset that I talk about in, in both books is personal responsibility, believing you can get well, taking massive action to change your life and enjoying the process, you know, just choosing positivity, choosing to be grateful and thankful for life, um, putting your hope uh, and trust in God that he's going to work this for your good, that your future will be better than your past. Right. And these are all things that don't necessarily come naturally, right? These are thoughts and beliefs that you have to cultivate and practice. And I had to do it. And so that is a daily uh, fight. The, 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 the war on cancer, <laughs> it really has to be won in here. It's got to be won in your mind. That's the battlefield. You got to win the battle in your mind before you can win the battle in your body. So because your thoughts direct uh, your actions, they direct the course of your life and they affect your physical mood and your health and everything. So that, that is huge. I mean, that is such a huge thing. And in, in along those lines, you know, I realized early in the process of my cancer journey that uh, after reading books by other survivors and, and experts and healers, um, I just realized how powerful um, negative emotions are and how destructive they are. And so, well, what's a negative emotion? Well, uh, negative emotions are, are either rooted in the past or the future, sometimes in the present, but they're usually in the, come from the past and the, or the future. So when I say the past, I mean uh, anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, right? These are all emotions that are tied to things in your past. They're negative toxic emotions. Negative toxic emotions that are, that are tied to things in the future are anxiety, worry, and fear. Well, that's been a big problem this year, hasn't it? <laughs> right? Uh, again, also toxic. And then the toxic emotions that are rooted in the present uh, are, are anger can be, right? You can get angry in, a, in the moment of something happening, but envy and jealousy you know, also very toxic and they're rooted in our present circumstance as we compare ourselves to others and we, uh, we resent other people for having things that we don't have. And so I had to systematically identify my, myself doing all of those things, right? I was, uh, I was naturally a very envious and jealous person. I had resentments and bitterness toward people in my past. I had anxiety and worries about the future. And so I'm sorry, my dog is uh, barking downstairs. He loves it when I talk about forgiveness. So really excited. Well, we're gonna, I'm about to share the surrender chapter. So we're just going to surrender to all that. We're yes. already surrendered. Yeah. And taking responsibility is a big part of this. And I take responsibility for not putting him in the kennel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'm owning this. But anyway, so... I had to, you know, I had, first I had to have this revelation that these are toxic emotions, right? That are swirling in my mind a lot. And then I had to, to decide to catch myself in those emotions and 
make a decision to think differently, right? And so, for example, when I was feeling fearful and afraid, I would just stop in the middle and say, God, I trust you. I'm giving you my fear. I'm, I'm not going to be afraid, right? I trust you. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to worry about the future. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. Jesus gives good advice, mm-hmm. right? Don't worry about tomorrow. Just worry about today. Focus on today. Uh, I realized I had been carrying a lot of resentments and bitterness toward people in my past. And so I made a decision to forgive every person who had ever hurt me by name. And you can't just do that in, in like, you know, you can't just snap your fingers and forgive everybody. Like you got to sit down, you got to get quiet. You got to open that filing cabinet in your mind where you've filed away all the painful memories and, and, and pull them out, right? You pull the files out. And as you remember the little kid who was mean to you on the playground, right? And you say, wow, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember the feel, like I can still feel the feeling, right? Of being made fun of on the playground or whatever. I'm choosing to forgive him right now. Like I forgive this person, God, they're all yours. I'm letting it go. I'm not gonna carry the pain, resentment, the bitterness anymore. And so one by one, I worked through every person in my life that had ever hurt me. It's incredibly freeing to do this. I mean, it's one of the most powerful healing therapeutic things you can do for yourself is to forgive the people who've hurt you, right? And don't hold out, right? There's always one or two that we really are resisting mm-hmm. uh, forgiving because they've hurt us so deeply. But the, the problem is when people hurt you, they cause you pain. But when you hold on to bitterness, you keep yourself in pain, right? That's on you. And you have the freedom to release yourself from the prison of pain that you've kept yourself in. But the key to unlock the cell door is called forgiveness. And it doesn't make it okay. Forgiveness doesn't, uh, you know, uh, invalidate, you know, the injury. It doesn't in any way mean you have to be friends (laughs) or like the person who hurt you, but it just means you're letting it go, right? You're just, you are giving them to God and saying, you deal with them, right? You can deal with them. I am not going to hold out for justice or vengeance or, you know, any of that. They, they don't need to apologize. They don't need to be sorry. I'm forgiving them anyway. So, that is so super powerful. And, and it's a big theme in, in the new book. Uh, it comes up, you know, regularly throughout the book. There's probably 20 or more entries uh, related to forgiveness in different ways. And so um, that is huge. I mean, I said it earlier, but if you only focus on the physical healing stuff, you can do all the treatments and therapies and supplements and all that kind of stuff you want to do. But if you're not willing to forgive, it could be the one barrier to healing that keeps you sick. It's so important. And you're not going to get a prescription that says, go forgive and surrender. That's not going to be on any prescription pad. I'm a pharmacist by profession. I've never yet <laughs> seen, unless I just couldn't read the writing, which is often the case too. Uh, day 345 is surrender. I'm going to read a little bit of this and then we'll, we'll dive a little bit more and then wrap up. But it says some battles aren't worth fighting. Some battles end up hurting you more than anyone else. Even if you win, they waste your time, energy, and money. They exhaust you mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. There's a time to fight and there's 
there's a time to surrender. And sometimes surrendering is the wisest thing you can do. Surrender your pride, surrender your ego, surrender your need to be right, surrender your grudges, surrender your guilt, surrender your shame, surrender your resentment, and surrender your sin. Surrender to your new life and to change and to growth. Just really, really powerful, um, a really powerful way to put together um, sort of a wellness slash devotional. And although I know it says be cancer daily, I would argue this is perfect for anybody who is interested in being well, um, you know, in mind, body, and spirit. So I really, really appreciate all the work you put into that. Talking about massive change. I just want people to get an idea if they are not aware of your story quite yet and they haven't, you know, read your books or maybe are not familiar with your story. We aren't talking about, you know, Chris pre colon cancer eating meat and potatoes and then Chris with colon cancer adding a leaf of like a, a florid of broccoli. Like you're talking this was a massive change. So can you talk a little bit about what that looked like? Like what, you know, what, what it looked like pre-cancer diagnosis and what your lifestyle looks like now? Yeah, the, my pre-cancer life was definitely eating the standard American diet. So animal protein three times a day, uh, protein shakes and supplements, uh, fast food, junk food, processed food, whatever I wanted. I never, ever thought about eating healthy. And I was actually a junk food connoisseur, a barbecue connoisseur, because I live in Memphis, Tennessee. So I, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that part was, I had that dialed in in terms of uh, unhealthiness on this unhealthiness scale and always being thin. I just never had to worry about, you know, like my waistline. Um, I, but, and, but, and I was also just sort of a swirl. just, I just had a lot of negativity. I was insecure. I was prideful, which is tied to insecurity. It's always, it's usually a sort of like a coping mechanism for insecurity is pride and arrogance. Uh, I was very competitive. So I was very, very much prone to envy and jealousy of others. Like I said earlier, I had resentments toward people in my past and grudges and things like, you know, anxiety and worry was never, was never something I struggled with, but all that other stuff I did, all that negative emotion stuff. And um, so when I got diagnosed, the, the first thing that changed was the diet. And I went from eating, you know, one to two servings of fruits and vegetables on a good day. Like, does a banana count? <laughs> you know, and like the, the French fries and like the slice of tomato on a cheeseburger. <laughs> like to, to eating between 15 and 20 servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Like 100% plant-based, uh, 100% raw for 90 days. And then I, we dialed it into about 80% raw from, from there on out. And, uh, and so that was a massive shift. And, uh, and it's again, an example of massive action. And, I, and that was an overnight change. And so some changes you can make immediately, right? Other changes take time, take like, you know, the mental, emotional, and spiritual stuff that really takes time to work through those things and change the way you're thinking to change, to forgive everyone in your life. That's hurt you to become quick to forgive. Those things take time to think positively instead of negatively it takes time, right? You have to retrain your brain. But I, um, but I made the big shifts like the dietary shift immediately. And, um, and once there's something amazing about a plant-based diet, you know, converting to a plant-based diet or even a raw food diet, because when you do it, then you realize, oh, wow. Okay. What else can I do? 
what else can I change in my life in a big way? And so that was the catalyst for me to just start this process of, uh, you know, leaving no stone unturned, so to speak, and working through my stuff uh, to, um, you know, to do everything in my power to help my body heal. And that was, that was the point, right? It's like, I just made the assumption that the way I'm living is killing me. So if that's true, then I need to change everything about my life. I really got to step back, take a look at my life, sort it out and decide what is a value that needs to stay and what needs to go. And for some people, this is relationships, right? This is obviously diet and your lifestyle choices. I mean, look, smoking, number one cause of cancer. You know, there's some obvious things. Drug use and alcohol abuse are destroying your health. Like these are obvious things that need to change right away, the physical stuff. And so uh, as you said, like as you set about to make those changes, you realize it's a process and I just have to chip away at it every day. And every day I need to make good choices. And I talk about this in the new book about this idea uh, that, it, that you need to point your ship toward healthy island. And, you know, that's the destination, right? Like when you said, what does wellness mean to you? You know, it's like wellness is for a lot of people that are not well, right? Wellness is a destination. It's an island, healthy island. And you're, he you know, that's where you want to be, right? But you can't just hop on a plane and get there. Like you, it's like, you've got to navigate the ocean, right? Like every day. And so, Things come at you in life, right? The wind and the waves, some days are smooth sailing, some days are really rough and you get knocked off course, but you just have to point your ship back toward healthy island every day with your choices. So your diet choices, your mindset, forgiving, uh, exercise, just every day, every day, making your way toward your goal, toward your destination. So, you know, massive action produces massive results. Minimal action minimal results. The choice is up to you. But I think it's important that we don't kid ourselves, right? That we don't delude ourselves into thinking, which the pharmaceutical industry has gotten really good at, by the way. They, the pharmaceutical industry thrives on a quick fix mentality, right? You were a pharmacist, <laughs> right? This pill, I mean, they're every, you know, every other TV commercial <laughs> is a true. pharmaceutical drug commercial right? To lead you to believe that, oh, you just need this pill for your problem. And, uh, and look, look how wonderful and uh, <laughs> idyllic your life will be like these people, uh, you know, skipping through the, uh, the, the fields in the sunshine <laughs> in the <laughs> pharmaceutical commercial, right? But, um, and so we've been programmed to think that way. And we think, oh, isn't there just a natural supplement I can take? No. I mean, Yes, there are supplements that are helpful, but don't have that attitude that you just need some natural cure, right? You got to change your whole life. And, and so overdosing on nutrition is what I decided to do. Overdosing on food from the earth, giving my body an abundance of raw materials that it could use to repair, regenerate, detoxify, and heal. I didn't understand nutritional science. I have no medical background. I, you know, and the thing is, you don't need those things. You don't even need a GED <laughs> to understand that fruits and vegetables are good for you. <laughs> and if you eat a lot of them, right, copious amounts of them every day, 
you develop what I call healing momentum, right? It's like the snowball effect each day, right? You're rolling that snowball. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's picking up speed and momentum and things get easier as you go. So that was, those are things that I learned as I was going like, Oh, it was kind of hard in the beginning to make those um, choices to change my life. But then once I got into the groove, it became just a part of my normal routine. It's just, I stopped wanting to eat junk food and fast food and processed food, right? I stopped wanting to, uh, you know, I stopped my default of thinking critically and negatively, right? I just started catching myself so quickly when those, the temptation to be critical or judgmental of someone would pop in. And I'd be like, no, you know what? I'm just going to choose to believe the best about this person. Like, I don't understand why there's what they so said, what they said or did what they did. Doesn't look good, right? <laughs> but I'm going to choose to believe the best about this person. You know, I don't know what's going on in their life. And, uh, and I'm just going to let it go. I'm not, I'm not going to let resentments and suspicions and gosh, there's so much of that happening in the world right now, isn't there? I mean, everyone's so quick to jump to conclusions about other people and the conclusions that these other people are just pure evil. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the cancel culture stuff, right? It's like, if, if you said or did anything that could possibly offend someone living or dead, right? Someone who never actually heard the thing you said or did, then you must be punished. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's really, it's sort of ratcheted up to this level of irrational uh, insanity. And, uh, but there's a different way that we as humans can, can behave. And that is to choose to believe the best about people instead of looking for the worst. And because if you're looking for the worst, you'll find it, mm-hmm. right? If you're looking for the positives, you will find them. If you're looking for the negatives, you will find them. The choice is up to you. What do you want to focus on? Because if you focus on negativity all the time, guess what? It will make you miserable. And, uh, and again, these are things that I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> I had to learn that when I was focusing on negative things, I had to be like, I have to stop now, right? Sometimes there's no one around to give you advice but you. There's no one around to encourage you, but you. You just have to be your own coach, your own advisor, your own advocate, and you got to talk to yourself, right? It doesn't have to be out loud. It can be if you want, <laughs> but you know, you just got to catch yourself behaving badly, right? Thinking badly or behaving badly and just by force interrupt that behavior or that thought pattern and just forcefully direct yourself to something more positive. Uh, so, and the secret, so one of my, one of my big secrets that I talk about in the book a lot um, is the practice of gratitude because, you know, we are so blessed. We are so blessed to, to have life and health. I mean, I mentioned this at the beginning of our interview, you know, just being born with health, living, you know, having your health is such a blessing. And it's something that we take for granted, you know, being, having two eyes, right? There are people born blind. There are people who lose their eyesight through disease or injury. I mean, that's just one thing that I'm so thankful for. 
And I mean, head to toe, I can just, at any moment, I can just stop and say, thank you that I can hear, that I can see, that I can speak, that I don't have to, that someone doesn't have to feed me, right? That, that I can feed myself. I can walk and talk. Right now, my dad has late stage Parkinson's. He's in the hospital. He is in very, very bad shape. Uh, hospice is going to be very soon for him, unfortunately. He's 83. And he, he can't get out of bed. He cannot feed himself, cannot go to the bathroom by himself. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to see your dad, you know, mm -hmm. your parent or loved one in that condition. But, uh, but that is his reality. And it's not just his reality. It's the reality of countless thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of people, right, on any given day. And so anytime I get down or discouraged or frustrated or, you know, someone attacks me or insults me or whatever, right? Anytime something negative comes at me, I can, I have this secret little hack uh, and it's called gratitude. And so I can stop in a moment uh, of feeling down or discouraged or upset or frustrated. And I can say, you know what, right now, there's someone dying in the hospital that would give anything to trade places with you. Mm -hmm. Just like that. My attitude shifts and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I've got so much to be thankful for. I've got so many things in my life that are so good that outweigh this little stupid thing that's trying to steal my joy and I'm not going to let it. And even when I had cancer, I mean, that's what taught me how to do this. And cancer is not a little thing. Like it's kind of a big thing. Very scary. But I learned how to practice gratitude and give thanks for all the good things in my life, even when I had this really scary, bad thing happening. And that was how I just was able to go through it on a daily basis with peace and joy and contentment and with hope that my future was going to be better than my past. And it turned out a lot better <laughs> than I thought it ever would have. I never would have imagined I would have written two best-selling books and have a large audience on the internet and get to speak and be interviewed and all these wonderful things that I enjoy so much. Like that wasn't in the life plan at all. <laughs> that's the surrender, right? That's, huh? it, that's the surrender. This is, that's what happens yes. when your life is what happens when you're busy making plans. Yes. And I did. I did surrender to the process. And thank you for reading that, the excerpts from my book. I mean, it really means a lot to me um, that you take the time to, to do that because um, yeah, surrender is a big deal. And I think it's easy to get caught up in fights that we don't belong in. And um, there's another entry in the book that I think would be maybe good to, to close with. But I once heard a cancer patient say, um, I'm not going to let cancer change me. And to the, to the lay person, that sounds like something you'd put on a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. Don't you let cancer change you. You are tough and you're a warrior and you're going to fight this and you uh, can do it. Right. And let's make some t-shirts and uh, bake some, cupcakes and run, run in some race to raise money for awareness. Cause apparently people don't know what cancer is and we need to make them aware. 
that cancer is a thing. But that's the worst position you can take. Cancer is going to change you, whether you like it or not. It has to change you. You have to change to survive. Like, and so I realized that pretty quickly <laughs> and I embraced the change and I surrendered to the process, right? I was like, I'm, I'm kind of powerless here, mm-hmm. uh, right? And so I took massive action to help myself right? Which it was empowering, but I also had to trust God to lead me. You know, it was like, look, I trust you. I'm going to do everything in my power to help myself, but I'm also, I am trusting you here to lead me, to bring the right information to me, to give me peace and clarity and the wisdom to make the right choices, right? This is a, I, I need guidance. And so I'm not special or lucky, I don't have any really unique talents or gifts that help me in this process, right? I just had the will to live. That was it. I wanted to live. I was determined to live. And um, I believed I could get well, like I said earlier. And so that's the, that's the recipe for success and healing is the belief you can get well, determination, refusing to, to give up or, and, uh, and, um, and then making a decision to, to take massive action and change everything. Well, we are all better for you having that will because you have put out, I mean, I, I know I, I'm one of your secret stalkers. Like, you know, you have, you have so many followers, you would never know all of them, but I'm one of those who's followed you, who shared your books, who, and everybody that I've shared them with is like, thank you so much. I didn't know, you know, this person existed who has, who has walked me through so much, um, clarity through this very confusing journey. So I'm just so grateful for the work that you've done and not just, not just making massive change in your own life and keeping that in isolation, but in sharing that and then bringing so many countless others to light who are doing similar work. Um, as we wrap up, I would love to know on this healthy island, what would be the one anti, if you could only bring one anti-cancer food with you to healthy island, what would it be? <laughs> this is a question I ask people sometimes. Um, <laughs> yes. If I could only bring one anti-cancer food, uh, I would, I would begrudgingly make it broccoli. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy about it if all I could eat was broccoli, but, um, but broccoli, the, the whole cruciferous family of vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, cabbage, uh, um, Brussels sprouts, bok choy are so powerful and, and incredibly potent in the anti-cancer nutrition kingdom. Uh, and garlic and onions are also way up there at the top of the top of the list, the allium family, garlic, onions, and leeks. So those, which made the bulk of my giant salad, which I ate twice every day, those are the most potent anti-cancer vegetables right there. But um, so hopefully if I had to make that choice, I could have the giant salad every meal and not just broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> that would get old really fast, but, yeah, uh, but it, it's, it that's good, but, you know? But but I will say this, the giant salad was what I ate. I ate this thing uh, for lunch and dinner every single day for years. And I talk about it in my first book, the recipes in there. And uh, it, it just became the default because I realized this is the most nutritious meal I can concoct. And if I eat anything else, it's going to be less nutritious. It will have less diversity, less variety, less anti-cancer compound. It'll have less 
And so I wanted to maximize my anti-cancer nutrition at every meal. So it just sort of became like, oh, I just need to eat this giant salad every meal. And there's a lot more on it than that. So I would put mushrooms on it. I would put onions on it. I would do uh, like garbanzo beans or lentils or mung beans. I would uh, do sprouts on there, uh, chop up peppers uh, and add spices like cayenne and oregano and curry powder and olive oil, apple cider vinegar, lemon juice. I mean, it's just this uh, sauerkraut. I mean, it's just absolutely <laughs> bursting with flavor uh, and incredibly delicious. And I, and I just craved it. I loved it so much. It was, uh, it was easy. Once I, once I made it and just sort of put everything I could think of in there and, and started eating it, I was like, this is great. I love this. And so um, that kind of goes back to this, this idea that things do need to be simple. You know, kind of what you brought up at some point in our talk about it, you have to create a simple healing routine for yourself that is sustainable because if it's complicated, you're just going to have a really hard time sticking with it. And then you're going to fall back into your old routine, you know, unhealthy stuff. And so I realized pretty early on that I've got to eat the same thing every day. It's got to be really simple, as nutritious as possible. And I just have to stay the course and just rinse and repeat every day. Get up, make a lot of juice, carrot and veggie juice. Drink that throughout the day. Giant salads for lunch and dinner. Fruit smoothie if I'm hungry for a snack or maybe for breakfast, like with blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, and banana, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, that was it, right? Now, that was the 15 to 20 servings of fruits and vegetables that I ate every single day that I talked about earlier. So anyway, that was a bit of a tangent, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it definitely felt appropriate to talk about based on what you just said. Yeah. Well, and, and your first book outlines all of that. So if anybody has not read the first book, Crispy Cancer, um, it's all amazingly detailed and outlined exactly what you did. So if anybody's wondering what I, well, hold on, I can't take the notes. You don't need to take the notes. It's all in the book. Um, and I will be the first to vote for crowdsourcing on the uh, Crispy Cancer restaurant in the hospitals. Can we just bring this? <laughs> I mean, why do we have Subways and Wendy's? Can we just have the Crispy Cancer salad? I don't know. I'm, I'm voting for that. I don't know if anybody else is in on that, but. <laughs> That's two. We got two. That's two. That's a good start. Thank well, you. Thank you so much, Chris, for spending this time today with me. I know you have a lot on your plate, pun intended, um, yeah, yeah. but emotional and just a lot of things going on. I want you to know that my heart, of course, goes out to you and your family as you navigate through these difficult waters with your dad, um, certainly hoping for peace through the process. And I really appreciate you sharing all this with, with our listeners. Thank you, Claudia. It was wonderful to chat. Thanks for letting me share my story and, uh, and what I've learned with your audience. It really means a lot to me too. And uh, yeah, this was really fun. All right. It's Beat Cancer Daily. Um, but just find Chris Work and buy both books. Um, you'll, you'll want both. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much to Chris for joining me and all of you today on this podcast episode. I had been looking forward to this one for a while, and I would say it definitely exceeded my expectations. Again, if you have enjoyed this episode or any previous episode, my only ask is that you give me an honest review and feedback on iTunes. That simply allows others to find us. And my goal is really to reach as many people as I can with the insights and value that is provided by all of these amazing guests. Thank you for continuing to mind your wellness 
and join me on this journey. I'll see you here again next time.